Well, amen, amen, amen. Thank you, guys. Six feet, six feet. I think so. Got it. Turn. Don't don't talk at people. Is that what we're saying? Anyway. Hey, well, um, good morning, uh, friends. As Mitch uh, said in the intro, uh, welcome to Redeemer City Church. Right. So, like, you hear a common phrase on Sundays: "Hey, welcome to church. You going to church? You go to church, and and all that, and 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 that's great." But hey, we know what a church is not a building. Like, you're at church because you are the church, because the church is people. So even though you're at home and you're participating in with, with you know, so many other people uh, watching this, whether you're watching it live or uh, watching it at another time, but if you're watching it live, uh, you can comment on, the, there's that comment part, and there's even, you can ask for prayer, and there'll be many of us following along with that, uh, trying to, to be there uh, how we can at a time like this. And so, and so we're the church even, and I dare I say, and I do say, and I challenge us, especially in these unprecedented times and these, and these uncertain times, right? And so nothing has changed, really. The vision hasn't changed. God, as we just sang, is perfect in all of his ways. God is still the king, and he's still at work, right? And so the vision is still Jesus. The call is still for us to look to him in adoration and, and then to look, to look like him in transformation, and then to look with him at a hurting and a confused world. To be a good neighbor, right? To, to, to be there to serve and to help people, to pray, to be available as best we can in a time like this. You know, and I hope that um, despite the difficulties, and this is, this is weird for everyone, I'm not going to pretend, oh, it's no big deal. It's, it's a deal. It's a big deal. But my hope, my prayer is that despite the difficulties, that, that you've been able to, dare I say, enjoy your time at home. And I hope that you've rested, and you are resting, and you continue to rest, that that's a benefit from this season. Um, I hope that um, maybe you've uh, been in more prayer, or read more scripture. You, hey, there's more time for that, right? And, and that you've had quality time as a family together. I know that ebbs and flows quantity quality but that that you find the quality time that you prioritize that we're faced with it we might as well make the best of it right and we we've we've certainly had that um to the max we have four kids uh if you don't know and uh we're we are so blessed like my my four kids they are incredibly unique um uh, just amazing amazing kids i it's a joy to watch them grow up and uh i'm a little scared but very excited as they continue to grow and just see the the, the three young women and the young man that they're going to grow in, in to be. Um, but I got to tell a quick story about uh, my, my youngest daughter, uh, sweet, sweet baby Lou, uh, Luciana. Her name means uh, light, and she is light and life and all of the things. So if you're watching this and you don't know her, I am so sorry for you. Like, you need to. And, you know, DM me and we can become friends. But um, she is a blessing. And listen, little bit of the youngest daughter syndrome. Um, I don't fight that. It's not, oh no, what do you mean? I love all my kids the same. And I do. But man, my finger, it is just wrapped, wrapped, wrapped. And so anyway, here's something you need to know about Lou. I do not think it's physically possible for her to fall asleep at night until after I've read her a story. Not until she's read a story or my wife Liz or a babysitter, or a sibling, or God himself, but must be me. And I tell you, 
It is the highlight of my day. I have come to love the Grinch. And I actually do love all the Dr. Seuss ones. Those are the best. But And uh, Billy B. Brown and uh, just all the books that we have. It's just craziness. And so here's the deal. So last Sunday night, tucking her into bed, and she cons me into reading her two stories. They gave me two stories tonight. I'm like, well, sweet baby Luke, do no wrong. And let's be honest, I've got nowhere to be and nothing to do anyway. So fine, two stories it is, honey. Go grab the two books. And so she's rummaging through all of the places that we have um, books everywhere. And, and then I hear her say to herself in her sweet little Elmo voice, hmm, we've already read all these books. How did that happen? And I'm just like, oh, in my head it was one of these, honey, let your father impart some wisdom upon you. Come, take a knee. Now, it did, I didn't do that because that would have been uh, weird to her. Um, but I said, honey, well, you know, it's amazing that when you read even just a little bit every single day, it's amazing how much we can get through. And so literally right then I said, oh, honey, hold on. Hold on to your book thought because... That was good. I got to grab my phone and, and I, I made a little note in there for you this morning. And, and as I was just having that moment with my daughter, I just thought that's a good word for us this morning and this season. Okay, right. We're all at home. And we've got this time on our hands and we're looking for solitary things to do. Read. Read the Bible. And read. Read other books and pray and journal. Take this time to do those things. You know, as, as I'm talking with Lou, then, 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 and we, we read the two stories, and then there's something she does every single time that is the best part. After I read the story, then she says this, Dad, now let me read it in my own words. And it's just amazing. Now, here's the thing. She knows the alphabet. Okay? She knows all the letters. She's learning to read. She can read a little bit. Um, but she can't read all the full books or, for, you know, the Bible or some of these bigger words. And so, uh, but she's a good listener when she wants to be. And then she um, also, if there's, if there's pictures in the book, she can use that. And, and, and frankly, we've read all these books so many times, she hasn't memorized, as do I. And so, but it is the absolute highlight of my day as she recounts the story. Now, there's usually some fun additions to it. I'm like, that's, that's nowhere anywhere near that story but it's just so cute where she's she pictures and, and gets a picture of the story and then uses her own words it's just the best thing i'll try to sneak a video one day but i video too much they're on to me now i can't get away with anything um there but that was the thought as i was with her and i grabbed my phone and i wrote it down because that i feel is a picture of prayer and that i feel is a picture of of us with God, with our good, good Father, as we just sang. And I can just imagine that that's how God feels. The love and the, even the pride um, and the affection that I felt in that moment to my daughter, God's got to feel that to us when we carve out time just to sit with Him and read, maybe read His story, pray, and then, you know, Prayer and journaling. That's just us telling the story in our own words. And so I want to encourage you um, to do that there. And so that's what prayer is. That's what I think uh, an active, real relationship with God uh, can look like. And that's really what the Passover story is, even to this day. Us telling 
the story of God in our own words. And so um, this Sunday, as um, Mitch shared, is Palm Sunday, because next Sunday is Easter Sunday, and it doesn't feel like it, right? And it, 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 but it is. And so Palm Sunday, the beauty of Palm Sunday is it is a Sunday that really kicks off the Passover week. And then this year, just like last year and some years, it's the same the way the calendar falls. It's the same weekend as Easter. And so this Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter Sunday, and it's the same weekend as the Passover. And so Palm Sunday serves to set the table, to get us preparing for all the different steps of that week. And in fact, we see in the New Testament when Jesus has entered the triumphal entrance on Monday into Jerusalem, as he is kicking off what we now call, sometimes we call Passion Week, as he's walking through step by step straight to the cross because he loves us. Palm Sunday kicks that off when, when we remember Christ with the palm branches. And so that's what today is. And we remember the Passover, that God, in His great love and His grace and His great desire that His people would be saved, that He instructed the Israelites, we're about to read, to um, basically paint blood on the door from the house, that the angel of death, as it came on this tenth and final plague, it would pass over them and they would be saved. And the firstborn males of the Israelites would live. That is how the Passover story goes. And Moses, who is front and center with all of this, he communes with God, and then he comes and he shares what God said, what God is doing, what God desires of his people. He shares that in his own words as well. And so if you've got uh, your Bible in front of you, uh, go ahead and open up to the book of Exodus, chapter 12. Genesis, Exodus. It's the second book of the entire Bible. Very, very easy to find Exodus uh, chapter 12. And so um, kind of a funny thing here is I'm going to put a bow on the book of Exodus this morning. Now, don't exit your browser yet. We're still just going to stay in Exodus 12. We're not going all the way through 40. But that's the beauty of, of, of the institution here of Passover and of Palm Sunday, that it sets up for what's coming. It prepares the table for us to be expectant for God to come and show up. And so we're going to stay in Exodus 12, but this is going to kind of put us on a, on a stop on Exodus as we look forward to how God is showing up um, through, through Easter here. And so uh, chapter 12 starts here with God telling Moses uh, what's going to happen. And then uh, verse 21 is where we'll read. Uh, Moses retells to the, to the people. He says, it says, Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and told them, Go and select for yourselves a lamb or young goat for your families and kill the Passover animals. Before this, there's a lot more detail to it about they had to be without blemish. They had to be a perfect, a perfect sacrifice, which is what Christ ends up doing. Verse 22, uh, Take a branch of hyssop, i.e., get a paintbrush. Dip it in the blood that is in the basin and apply it to the top of the doorframe and the two side posts, some of the blood that's in the basin. Not one of you is to go out the door of his house until morning. Hey, this year, done. (laughs) Easy. Good job. Verse 23, For the Lord will pass through to strike Egypt, and when he sees the blood on the top of the door frame and the two side posts, then the Lord will pass over the door and he will not permit the destroyer or the angel of death 
to enter your house to strike you. You must observe this event as an ordinance for you and for your children forever. When you enter the land that the Lord will give to you, just as He said, you must observe this ceremony. And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Why are we doing this? Then you will say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover when He passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt, when He struck Egypt and delivered our households. The people bowed down low to the ground. And look at this, verse 28. This may be the only time this has ever happened in the history of the world. And you know it's true. And the Israelites went away and did exactly as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. You know, as I mentioned um, two Sundays ago in in the intro, uh, this is a great opportunity. And I pray that you make the most of this opportunity with your family. And so, if your kids are there with you, I know we've provided some children's curriculum, and it's been really neat. Our kids, we've been alternating. Actually, I think it's Luciana uh, today. Oh, great. And uh, that'll be fun. It's a Lou day. Um, is that they're, they're kind of leading through our Redeemer Kids curriculum, which is really neat. But whether they're sitting with you now, or they're about to be, or when you sit down for lunch, or dinner tonight, or maybe you're tucking them into bed, right? Make the most of this opportunity to, to connect with your kids spiritually if you're a parent that is your number one role as a parent in their life above everything else i know you're all homeschool teachers now and that's important and it's really hard i yes um and that's important and i'm a big sports guy and all that stuff and i want my kids to be successful in school and and all that stuff awesome bonus number one role as a parent is that we would raise our kids up in the faith. That they would own their own faith because they're not always going to be with us. They're not always going to have a children's ministry or a student ministry or a college ministry. They are the future of the church and they're the present of the church. And so our role is to lead and shepherd them. And even if you don't have biological children, who are you pouring into? Take this moment, whether you're on Zoom or social media or picking up the phone and calling or or you know, watching this sermon and talking about it with friends and family all over the world, take the, make the most of this opportunity and not forget what God has done. Remember how good He is and what He's doing. His great love for us. That's the story of the Passover. And it's the story of Easter. And it's really God's story. It's His story. It's the story. And verse 29, the next verse, it says that it happened at midnight. So Moses has faith with God. God tells him what's going to happen. He comes down and he gathers the elders together and the people and he tells them what's going to happen. And they obeyed. They listened. They got a perfect sacrifice. They did the blood thing as weird as that would have been, I'm sure. They all stayed inside the whole night. And at midnight, it happened. And Moses describes that night over in verse 42. He says this, It was a night of vigil for the Lord to bring them out from the land of Egypt. And so on this night, the first Passover, all Israel is to keep the vigil to the Lord for generations to come. It goes without reminding that we are in a season like none other before. 
uh, in our lifetimes. This surpasses uh, 9-11. Um, those of you that are even older, wars, dangerous times. Th- th- we've not seen something like this in our lifetime. And so let me encourage you. Have a vigil to the Lord and keep it for generations to come. That's my prayer. I pray that we and our kids would look back on COVID-19 or all 2020, right? The memes are out there. Like, can we just, you know, take this year back? You'd like to. We can't. And I pray and I hope that God's people will look back years from now and tell the story of how God showed up when all hope and control seemed lost. And that our kids would tell the story in their own words, (laughs) sure. The story of what God did that as uncertain as the time was, God did not forsake us nor abandon us. And that He was present. And so think about this. Write in the comments if you want. That would be really encouraging, I think, to a lot of people. But where do you see God moving, even in spite of COVID-19? Even in spite of how pretty much the whole world is, is on like house arrest here. Where do you see God showing up? You see it in your own life, your own time with Him. You see it in your family. You see it in your kids, maybe. You're getting more time with them. And as frustrating as it can be, you see God in it. Are you creating space for that? Even as we see the miracle of, of modern medicine full steam ahead trying to, to confront this face on, and, and even a lot of businesses are stopping. They're not making cars or making ventilators. It's like World War II, right? It's like, okay, like that's, there's hope there. Where do you see God showing up? Because He's about getting the glory. He's about drawing all people to Himself. This is a perfect opportunity for that. He's absent. He's, he's not absent, nor is He silent. He is present. Just like He was 3,500 years ago at the first Passover. And as the Israelites were about to learn the hard way, they had a whole lifetime of life ahead of them. And how, and how 1,500 years after the first Passover, so 2,000 years ago, the same thing. That Christ showed up. I'm just going to throw John 3.16 up. Probably, I mean, I don't know how you can decide this, probably the most well-known verse in the entire Bible. It's a reminder that we will have so much life that there are innumerable moments ahead to celebrate the good and that there will be season after season to draw near to the broken and that, you know, there is and always will be a constant opportunity to participate in the future. And here in John 3.16 15 years after the Exodus, God would come and settle the score once and for all with the perfect sacrifice, His one and only Son. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That is why He came. That is why He saved the Israelites at the Passover. 
That's why he's always acted and moved throughout history. It's why he even created us. So that we would be in relationship with him. This is who and what the Passover looked towards. It's what and who we celebrate this week as we, we enter into Passion Week, as we remember Christ's coming, anticipation for Easter next Sunday. This is who and what and why. For He loved you and the world. Is, as Jamie's saying, He's a good Father. It's who He is. And He loves us. And so as I set to close in prayer, let me send you with a bit of homework. This can look like whatever it should look like for you. But take some time to pray. Discuss with your family or friends or whomever. What does it look like for you to set a vigil to the Lord now, today, this season, this year, and for generations to come the rest of your life? Let's pray. Lord, You are good. There is no one like You and, and even amidst the uncertainty of the world and how we wish we had more answers than we do and we wish so many things haven't happened or we wish and pray against things that appear to be imminent, appear to be coming on the horizon, Lord, we know that You are still God. You are still King. You are still in control of this world. And if anything, that is proven and that our lack of control is crystal clear. There's not a nation. There's not a person. There's not an amount of money No one can cheat the angel of death. But Lord, 3,500 years ago, you passed over your people. And you got the glory. And that story is told to this day. Father, would you write a story during COVID-19 among your people, that your people, just like with the plague and all the other times in history, that God's people went to the problem We don't run from it. We run to it. We don't give in to fear. But we have faith that You are good, that You are God, and You reign. And so, Lord, would You use Your people, would You use Your church, not these buildings, would You use Your people to move and to represent You and You alone well during this time. Father, we love You. We thank You for Your grace, Your salvation, and Your goodness. You are God. I am not. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen.